Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about Advent. That's right. We're going to share things you didn't know about Advent, like its origins, the origins of its practice, and how to get the most out of Advent this year. Let's face it. Advent means coming. What's coming is an excellent episode that you don't want to miss. Well, after that introduction, I'm really excited about this pressure. A lot of pressure, pressure now. We got to deliver. But yeah. you know, the, the thing is, is guys, we've been doing this for five plus years now, and we have not done an episode on Advent. And it's like, how that happened? Who knows? We just learned about it. I mean, <laughs> and it's coming. <laughs> it's <right>? coming. <laughs> well, you know, Advent's a really cool time of year, but I think it's misunderstood, and I think maybe totally, and maybe misutilized yes. within the church too. We need to stop yeah. that. Well, we need right to start now. that right now because it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming, <laughs> and it's here. Right. And that's the that's the interesting thing about Advent because there's an aspect of you know preparation for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know that's here. That's happened. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, O come, O come, Emmanuel is something very uh, tied to the season of Advent. But there's also something that's missed. And that is the very advent, the coming of Christ when he comes back to judge the living and the dead. That's right. So I think you kind of alluded to this in the beginning or even the intro when you said what advent means. Advent goes back to the Latin word adventus, mm-hmm. right? Which means arrival or mm-hmm. coming, but it comes... Or visit. Yeah. and But that's Visitation. a translation. Adventure. Yeah. That's a translation from the Greek word <laughs> perusia, right? Which has a much more distinct sense of, of the second coming of Jesus, yep. right? So... Everyone kind of thinks, oh, Advent, we're preparing for baby Jesus, to, the statue, to show up in the manger at the parish display. Yes. I'm guilty of that. Right. We're, mm-hmm. we're preparing for Christmas, but Advent is really about preparing for the second coming of Christ, because mm-hmm. Christ has already been born, mm-hmm. right? He's, the incarnation's already happened. Yeah. Now, it's good to remember that, and it's good to celebrate that, but in the deepest sense, Advent is meant to contemplate the second coming mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. And we are conditioned culturally, but also at the level of the the heart, um, that Christmas is just so impactful. <laughs> I mean, it really is when you think mm-hmm. about it. You know, it is so impactful culturally across the board that I don't know about you guys, I've been looking forward to the Christmas spirit in the heaviness of this year, more so than any year before. But I've carried Christmas with me all year long. <laughs> I you mean, just stay locked into the Hallmark Channel, don't well, you? I, well, they said, you know, they're like, like, I know Kelly Christ- loves those Hallmark Let's keep movies. the Christmas spirit in ourselves all year long. While it's like July 15th, and I'm like, Christmas, let's go. <laughs> I, I lived up to it last year. I don't know about you guys. You still got the lights up. <laughs> but the, the, the beauty, I do. I, I still have the lights up, too. And Father Tello still has his Christmas tree in the middle of his common room at the rectory of the cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> he's like it's a beautiful practice. <laughs> he is he is Mr. Christmas. I mean yeah. in every in every well, respect. Like I wish he was Christmas. on this episode because yeah. he'd be he would be perfect for this episode. Yeah. Because he does. He he loves Christmas and that it pervades the whole year for him and he lives that spirit of Christmas without a doubt of generosity and and hospitality. Mm-hmm. But something that we we can't miss too in the context of the spirit of the season is being really focused on why the church has suited Advent 
as a time of preparation for the end times and that we precede Advent with the great solemnity of Christ, the King of the universe, and realizing his authority, his power, his coming again in this form of Christ's final coming, that he will come back to judge the living and the dead, and we need to be prepared now. The urgency of that now, what is now, is Advent. And when we think about it, you know, we're, we're joking about living Christmas year round. We need to live Advent urgently now, always. And that's what St. Paul did mm-hmm. so effectively in his way of approach of ministry and his zeal to proclaim the gospel. So when does Advent start, right? So, okay, we, we I got it. We're going to live it all year round. But for those of us who don't have that Advent spirit and the, you know, didn't have the Advent Scrooge come and you know, change our lives. When does Advent particularly start? And there's some interesting things about that. So, the well, it started in the fifth century. Well, okay. So if we're, if we're talking historically, if we're talking historically, Advent used to be forty days, just like Lent. Yeah. It used to be a forty-day practice, which would take you back to November 11th, the feast of Saint Martin. Martin's Day. Yeah. So it used to be called Saint Martin's Lent, mm-hmm. right? Because you would have Lent going up to Easter, and then you had St. Martin's Lent, which was going up to Christmas. Now, some things happen like they do in the church history. From the 5th century till now. Century it's a long, it's long span of, things, of time. St. You know, Martin died. Things, no, St. Martin died <laughs> way before Way that. before that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that happened, too. <laughs> uh, but no, so... Live in the now, man. <laughs> Serenity yeah. now. Um, I love it. Different practices, changes, and and at varying times in the history of church, um, different customs would happen, whether they were fasting more or less. And there was never really any set rules of fasting and practice like there was around Lent for St. Martin's Lent. There's more of a popular piety. And um, I, I see that coming back. And it, it's certainly in my own, my own life and spirituality, it's been present to me where October, at the conclusion of October and moving into November, it becomes more of an austere period mm-hmm. of time, an ascetical time in my life where I really dig down in preparation for Advent and living that out more intentionally. Yeah. And I, I want to encourage just pastorally to all of our listeners and, and followers and those who are viewing our contents on YouTube, be sure to not only live out Advent with greater intentionality this year, but also click the subscribe button, hit the little bell, so that every time that we produce new content on you know our show... You know it's coming. It's ding! Ding! It's reminding you the Cheers. Catholic Talk Show is That's producing right. a new show this week, and you want to be a part of it. The subscribe button is like a little Advent calendar for our YouTube channel. Right? <laughs> it, it is. It, and it the excitement you know. of opening up an Advent calendar. I mean, the, the <laughs> I excitement mean, of I'm, opening up new content every week. I'm sure they're clicking the bell so they'll get notified whenever we're figuring out what's the deal with St. Martin about all this right. stuff. <laughs> all right. So, St. Martin, if you were paying attention and following along. I was. November 11th, it was a 40-day fast. Okay. Yeah. Those kind of rules have went and changed and whatever. So what has come, become more common, especially up into the time of uh, Pope Urban V, is that now Advent officially starts on the, the Sunday of, that falls closest to November 30th. So whatever Sunday is closest to November 30th, it begins with the first Vespers of that day. That's when officially Advent starts which November 30th is the Feast of St. Andrew, okay? 
So a lot of this now has went from St. Martin, the date of Advent being based around St. Martin, to St. Andrew. His feast day? His feast day, November oh. 30th. Okay, so this is post-mortem. But yes, they were, both, <laughs> they, were, they were both receiving their eternal reward at this point. Yep. Uh, Especially St. Andrew. St. Andrew, right. Yeah, for sure. I got that one. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of St. Martins. So, but that's why, there's, there, that's why there's a big tradition of praying the St. Andrew Novena Going yes. up to Christmas. Uh, you ever do I that think one we before? talked about that on our show one time. Yeah. So, again, but the, the other thing is that Advent is, that's that's New Year's Day in the church, right? Our liturgical yep. calendar starts on the first Sunday of Advent. Yep. So the whole cycle of the church resets then, which I think, uh, I think that's a cool thing that we start with that anticipatory season of Advent instead of saying maybe, hey, we start on uh Easter, or we start on Christmas or whatever. We start on Advent, and I think that's a, there's a lot um, of spiritual lessons that can be drawn from that. Mm -hmm. And and these lessons of anticipation is is drawing from really this uh, calling, as the USCCB puts it so perfectly, our Advent readings that are associated with all of Advent are calling us to be alert and ready, not mm -hmm. weighted down by the distractions and cares of this world, referencing Luke chapter 21, verse 34 through 36. And, you know, that being said, you know, realizing from Christ the King, which is that near that November 30th date, is always that, uh, that, that solemnity to look toward. And then this gives us the very context of Advent, ad veni, ad veni, ad means to, veni means come, visit, you know, who is to come is Jesus Christ, who is this King of Kings, Lord of Lords, who has dominion over the earth. And universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is Christ, the King of the universe. So going from that St. Andrew's feast day, you have that that St. Andrew's novena. I think this is a really great practice. Uh, this is something that you can find on our sponsor, Hollow, on their app. You can follow along with this novena there in the novena section. Uh, but you pray this for 25 days starting on November 30th, right, which takes you right up to Christmas, Christmas Eve, Day, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Uh, and uh, it's a pretty straightforward novena, but the prayer for that is, Hail and blessed be the hour and the moment in which the Son of God was born, of the most pure Virgin Mary, at midnight in Bethlehem, in the piercing cold, in that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his blessed mother. So that's the prayer. We all know how novenas work. But traditionally, you would say that 15 times each day. Mm. So you're really, really leaning into, prepare, into prayer starting from um, St. Andrew's Day. Mm -hmm. Now, we used to do fasting. We used to. It used to be the rule that during Advent, you had to fast at least three days of the week. So it probably would have been... Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, where you would have to fast. We don't have any sort of fasting um, rules and regulations for Advent anymore, um, but there is still some spiritual requirements, right? And left to the left to the customs and traditions of communities and families, you know, I, I know for a fact, you know, like when I went through Ave Maria University, there were so many families that were practicing the ascetical life of mm -hmm. fasting. Uh, during the season of Advent, 
Um, and, and I see that even culturally here too at the parish where people are indeed fasting. Um, and so like the fast has never left the church. And, and we talked about this too in right. relationship to Friday, certainly, um, you know, in the, in the church's practice, but they have been relaxed pastorally and really not discussed at all. And it's left to custom. Mm-hmm. It's left to how people uh, practice it on a local level. But we want to put this out there because, you know, there's nothing uh, prohibiting you from entering into this time of devotion. Uh, so that we can pray these prayers, uh, you know, 15 times a day uh, in that form of novena to enter into uh, a greater reflection on the old antiphons from December 17th to December 23rd. Explain that, the old antiphons. So the, the old antiphons come back, I'll go all the way back to the 8th century, and it is in preparation now as we shift from Gaudete Sunday, which is that third Sunday of Advent. And we'll, we'll swing back to that. Yeah, but then we start shifting in from the 17th through the 24th, and we focus our preparation now on the celebrations of the Nativity of the Lord at Christmas. So we're seeing in this, in this devotion associated with Advent, this shift taking place, and now we're remembering the birth of Christ our Savior. This is when we appropriately shift our attention and start focusing the preparation more properly to remember the nativity of Jesus. And these old antiphons are sung during that period and have been in the church again since the 8th century in practice. And it comes from the ancient biblical imagery drawn from the messianic hopes of the Old Testament. And, you know, there the, when you come to the old antiphons, you know, to to miss that pastorally is a is a huge miss. Yeah. So that's that happens at the vespers of the liturgy of the hours for the last seven days, or for the seven days preceding Christmas. Mm-hmm. So you have the like you said, it's the they're called the O antiphons because each one begins with the letter O. O. So it's like uh, uh, O sapientia, O Adonai, O Radix Jesse. So mm-hmm. O, wisdom, o, wisdom, o wisdom, O Lord, O, Lord. o root of Jesse, mm-hmm. O key of David, dawn of the east. King of Nations and Emmanuel, right? So those are the seven titles of Christ, and they all begin with O. That's why they're called the O antiphons. But so it says there that also that they're sung or recited for the Magnificat at Vespers. They're they're sung prior to the Magnificat, or they replace. So do, you, do you recall the antiphons associated um, at sure. the beginning and the end of Magnificat? That's so, where they put them. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So there and the Vespers? Mm -hmm. In the Vespers. So the Magnificat is recited and sung Mm -hmm. um, at Vespers, so at at evening prayer. Yeah. Okay. So again, we want to shout out, uh, you know, Hallow again, Mm -hmm. because, you know, Hallow has the Liturgy of the Hours in their application, and you could use that application for free if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Hallow. So these these Vespers, these old antiphons, reflects the daily preparation. So each day in Advent is significant. It is important to focus our intentional life spiritually on. So it doesn't just become a weekend warrior practice of being Mm -hmm. a Catholic. It becomes a daily practice spiritually to exercise what the season represents. And, you know, we have to begin in the urgency of preparation for Christ coming back to judge the living and the dead. And then we shift at that Gaudete Sunday, which we're going to share a little bit more about, Mm -hmm. you know, when we shift that attention and it is rejoice, you know, rejoice, Gaudete, Gaudete, you know, for, for Christ is born, you know, and and that is where we shift our attention as a That's people. That's why all the O's are in there. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. 
Now, we do sing the O <laughs> antiphons. What don't we sing during Advent? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right. And no Gloria. And no Gloria as well. Yeah. Right. So yeah. during Mass, during Advent, just, like, during, just like Lent, yeah. Because yeah. like, I think the, they say the logic was that they wanted it to have uh, a novel feel that when you first sing the Gloria, you're singing it just like the shepherds in the field and the angels would have been singing Glory mm -hmm. to God in the highest yeah. mm -hmm. on the first Christmas so that it feels like a, a new experience, right? And you're yeah. joining with that, that incarnational exuberance, which mm -hmm. I think is a really... Really cool thing. Yeah. And it's something mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, I didn't even think they didn't sing the Gloria. I mean, you wouldn't even saw a lot of people wouldn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. But then when you when you when you think about that and you're deprived of it, and then you understand that it's so that you're preparing to join that mm -hmm. choir throughout the ages with the angels and, and the shepherds. bells are ringing and it's recalling yeah. like wow, like the Gloria. It's back into practice. The Gloria is back, baby. Back. I love it. <laughs> the Gloria is being back ushered in. in. <laughs> <laughs> to Usher. our to our worship to our song. Yeah. I remember the first time I I experienced like a fasting like early in my conversion was during Advent, and it, it was beautiful. The graces and everything leading up to um, Christmas Day mm -hmm. and all that it was really beautiful, mm -hmm. very beautiful spiritual. Expression. What what locked you into that fast out of curiosity? How did you hear about it? What well, back then we didn't have iPhones, so yeah. it wasn't Hallow. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> shout out to Hallow. Uh, no, it was. Um, uh, it was uh, Catholic online. It was like a you okay. know, that little like because I was like researching a yeah. bunch of stuff, yeah. you know, just trying to learn my faith. <clears throat> and there was a little ad that popped up about Advent fasting, and I read that article, and yeah. I kind of kept with that. Yeah, you know, and, and it is it was food. Like I think it was like one meal a day during the week, mm -hmm. but you still would eat three meals a day on Sunday if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, like and then uh, devotion. So I, I was big into adoration. So mm -hmm. I went to adoration every day for thirty minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Was kind of doing that anyways, but you know, uh, didn't watch television. You know, and that was kind of hard because it's mm -hmm. during football season. So I was mm -hmm. like, nobody going all out. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a, a great experience. Like when you when you detach yourself from a lot of the things that distract you, uh, which even in, in some cases they they it's just a moderate distraction. It's not like a massive distraction in your life. But even when you just you know de detach yourself from like just small things like that and fill them with with God during this very special time, the liturgy sort of drives you to that point. Like the, the readings drive you to that mm -hmm. point mm -hmm. of prayer and receiving Christ into the world into your hearts. Making yourself new. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And, you know, we went through, all three of us went through a major <clears throat> reversion in the faith yeah. and, you know, locking into the practices of old. And I, and I see this across the board with our generation and the generations that are coming. They're locking into what has been done in the past and they're reviving it in their own practice. As we mm -hmm. revived the yeah. fast, and I, and I recall it too, that when I, when I learned that Advent used to be a time of penance and, and yeah. sacrifice, um, and that it was associated with Christ coming back to judge the living and the dead, and I needed to prepare myself for that. Once I learned that, it shifted <clears throat> my whole practice. It was yeah. never modeled for me. It was never me modeled either. for us. Yeah. Because, you know, we were growing up in the church of the 70s, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of adaptations of, of a greater focus on mercy and relaxing some of these strict kind of ascetical practices. But it's, I, I find it fascinating that we jumped right back in, kind of universally, a generational response to a desire for some of these practices. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about then 
the lived experience of Lent, right? At least in the liturgical setting, right? We're going to have four weeks of Lent and thereby four Sundays of Lent. So I think a good way to kind of frame Lent is is looking at it, right? So you we have our Advent calendar here, and we'll talk about Advent calendar more, but we got the four candles there, which represent mm-hmm. the four Sundays of Advent. So we got three purple and one rose color, mm-hmm. right? Not uh, to be confused with pink. Not pink. No. It's not pink. Especially a vestment. No, no. <laughs> Father Rich don't wear no pink vestments. <laughs> he wears pink socks. Yeah. Rose. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Rose. Jesus didn't pink from the dead. He rose from the dead, okay? That's how you remember it. So doesn't matter what liturgical cycle in, because, you know, we have liturgical years A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Every year, the theme on each of the Sundays of Advent is going to be same, no matter what gospel they're coming from. So for the first Sunday of gospel, it's always going to focus on what we were talking about, which is that parousia, that second coming mm-hmm. of Christ, the, you know, therefore stay awake. There's always going to be a gospel reading that focuses on Christ's second coming in the first week of Advent. And I think that shows you what the church is trying to tell you is important in Advent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that uh, second week, uh, the second and third weeks, they're going to focus on um, John the Baptist, right? The preparation, right? They're going to focus on the story of John the Baptist and preparing the way of the Lord, um, whether it's uh, his nativity or whatever. But again, John the Baptist was the one who made straight the road for Jesus. You know, he was the one who presaged him, right? So I think it only makes sense that in the second and third weeks, we are focusing on that. Now, First two weeks, what colors do you wear at Mass? Mm-hmm. It's purple. Purple. Mm-hmm. Or violet. Right. If Jesus didn't purple from the dead. Mm-hmm. He violated. He violated. Right. But you know what I love about what I love about the color purple? Is that, isn't Whoopi that an Oprah Goldberg? movie? <laughs> I'm not talking about Oprah's movie. Yeah. I'm talking about the color purple that is the most challenging color to master in antiquity. And being this most royal color, yeah. royal color, uh, reflecting on Christ's true advent mm. that is to come, you know, and and then how difficult is the mastery over our own yeah. uh, humanity and and that's our deep own purple passions? Yeah. yeah, that's a deep. That's smoke <laughs> on the water, bro. <laughs> Just throwing purples out, but but by God's grace, it's like that that violet is is like there there is great hope. In the mercy of Christ and what Christ can what Christ can accomplish in making straight the path and and you know living this pilgrimage of preparation, uh, going out to the wilderness with John the Baptist, hearing him cry out in the wilderness saying, "Make straight the paths now!" Like mm-hmm. Christ is is coming, kind of gives that gospel context along with Saint Paul that that this is this is the time. You know, the prophets foretold them. So we have the prophets as well uh, associated with the readings uh, during these weeks of preparation. And and it is appropriate that there is great solemnity offered in these liturgies of, of greater focus, moving from ordinary time to yeah. this high season of mm-hmm. preparation. It's great. Like, you know, you look at Lent and a lot of Lent is centered around readings of what happened to him and his passion and his death. Uh, obviously ending in the resurrection, it, very eventful mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. things in, in Scripture and then how Advent kind of prepares us more more in a mystical, prophetic way. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so they, they kind of bring you all these sort of anticipatory yes. things. And I remember uh, 
uh, Dr. Garcia, I think his name was. Yeah. And he, like, so passionately, it was like the whole world was waiting for yes. him. Like, this is like, this has been going on for centuries. Like, mm-hmm. the cosmos was receiving its creator. Like, mm-hmm. he was, like, very passionately talking oh, yeah. about, you know, this. But 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 when you look at the readings, like, you do see this sort of mystical mm-hmm. embodiment of, of anticipation that's within all of us. <laughs> That were to sort of understand more deeply and, and fulfill through this time. Yeah, isn't it isn't it true that during Lent we we tend to draw our focus on the sufferings of Christ and then our own sufferings mm-hmm. are subsumed into this mystery of season, of yeah. entering into the desert, of entering into this life. And then this anticipation, this waiting, this expectancy, it's like we could look at it historically and say, oh, man, it would have been cool to be with John the Baptist down near the Dead Sea. And like, man, that would have been an awesome time to live. And now it's like we're waiting. And then here he is. And this is Jesus. Go follow him. You know, I, and and it's like, yeah, I want to be in that type of well, you can be in that anticipation because we are waiting. We are in a, a, a state mm-hmm. of waiting for this coming, for this visit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those two weeks, they focus on John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Now, that third week, though, uh, so you wear the violet, right? And I love that you said that it's a royal color. But to, to us Catholics, this royal color is taken on the sense of a penitential nature, mm-hmm. right? So we wear it during penitential feast even like when you um, when you hear confessions you're wearing a purple stone mm-hmm. right because it's a penitential color but on that third week of Sunday I'm sorry that third Sunday of of Advent you get to bust out one of your one of your most fancy uh Gaugate. Gaudate Sunday. <laughs> you get to wear your pink. Rose mm-hmm. on Gaudate. Rose all day Gaudate. <laughs> so I, still, I still remember growing up at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and our pastor, God rest his soul, Father, Father Fred. Uh, he was a bigger guy. And then we had Monsignor Danka, who was a who was a slender guy. And and uh, he would always say, you know, I'm the large bottle of Pepto-Bismol. And he's, he's like the man, my seniors of medium sized bottle of Pepto-Bismol. But it was that Pepto-Bismol color. But no, we're talking about a rose color. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. When he wore purple, did he look like Grimace? <laughs> look, like only a few people can pull off purple, right? Grimace, uh, Jimmy Aiken. Purple's his thing, right? What about Barney? Was he purple? Barney doesn't do it very well. I mean, Father Rich, you pull off the purple very well. But the pink, you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, you know, I do love when it comes to the rose vestment wearing on Gaudete Sunday and Laetare Sunday. You know, when we come to that form of rejoicing that Emmanuel, God, is with us and we're shifting our attention to the Christmas spirit and very anticipatory uh, preparation for Christ's birth in the humility of the of the nativity in uh, Bethlehem, like that is always a time of joy and the celebration of the people. Everything shifts, and and as a priest, as a as a presider, I always feel it whenever I celebrate that that mass. Yeah. So uh, Gaudete Sunday, it gets its name from the first word of the introit for the day, mm-hmm. which is Latin for. Rejoice. Um, rejoice. Right. So, Gaudete, Gaudete, Christus ex nautus, ex Maria Virgine, Gaudete. Like, rejoice, rejoice, for today is born unto you vir- through the Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary yeah. Christ our Lord. Yep. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Gaudete, Gaudete in Domine Semper, mm-hmm. right? 
Rejoice uh, in the Lord always. What he said. What he yeah. said. Which I, what I said wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> so that's the third Sunday of Advent. And then the fourth and final Sunday, you know, we looked at the first two weeks of the readings. Um, I'm sorry, the first week of the readings talking about the second coming, the second two talking about John the Baptist. That fourth and final, that's when we finally get into the readings uh, talking about the nativity and the preparation. So we'll hear like uh, Matthew's gospel, right? That's when we start to hear and it shifts from that preparation of, like you were saying earlier, the prophetic prep preparation into a eventual um, mm-hmm. um, or a, a mm-hmm. you know, occurrence uh, type look at the gospel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. th- that's a brief look at the, the four the four weeks, uh, Sundays of Advent, and that brings us to the point of the Advent calendar. Mm-hmm. And you can see here that the Advent calendar that we got in front of us reflects that. So you have the three candles for the three purple sun, violet mm-hmm. Sundays, and then you have your rose-colored for Gaudete Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you light one of those each Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Big shout-out to everythingcatholic.com where right? we got our yeah, Advent yeah. stuff. And, the, and it's the Advent wreath, you know, yeah. like the, the Advent wreath that's lit. And we give these out uh, to our parishioners each and every year. And, you know, it's a great practice to have the Advent wreath on your table, to have mm-hmm. meals together in preparation, especially if you're exercising some form of fasting mm-hmm. or simple meals. And to teach children that simple meals are a part of the cultural fabric fabric of our expression as Catholics observing this time of penance is a great is a great way to implement that uh, within the scope of your work. And, you know, thinking of the Advent calendar, like I loved when I was a kid, you know, opening up with my grandmother each day. And there was like a little prayer and there was a sacred image and a little chocolate. Uh-huh. Like it was really, I, I loved, I loved that. But how cool would it be to do that and have like the bitter tastes <laughs> then lead? We need to reapproach the, oh, the wow. calendar. It's the 13th you know? day. It was like a great. turnip in there. Then, <laughs> a garlic flavor. A garlic clove. <laughs> like garlic you know. honey. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're making fun of my garlic honey. But, um, but then when you come to the 17th, you know, when you come to Gaudete Sunday, when you come to, like, then it's then like pink the sweeter, <laughs> the sweeter taste. I would love to design something like that. That's not a bad good. idea. I mean, having, you know what, let's explore that mm-hmm. and have a really good for next year, a really awesome liturgical Catholic uh, Advent calendar. Yeah, that's a great. Because Advent calendars are super fun. It's a great thing. My kids do it. They, My mother-in-law puts it together every year, and there's, a, you know, there'll be a dollar in this one. There'll be some candy in this one, whatever. But having a really spiritually focused Advent calendar would be a cool thing to develop. That's what I love about our patrons, because we get to suit them with the top swag of the Catholic talk show. That's right. From hoodies to Catholic cups. And now we're going to have we're going to have Advent calendars next year. I like striving after this. But, you know, there's a ton of Catholic swag swag out there and we want to give a shout out to our partners right now sock religious Ooh. And so I got Fatima here. I'm taking these home. <laughs> I'm going to go pick up my socks. <laughs> I got the Santiago uh the Capistella. I've got uh, St. Valentine here. Yep, so that's my patron. Yeah. I've got I say, I've got St. Kateri Tekawitha. And then these these are my new favorites too. I've got JP2 with like some sunglasses, like the hipster of my the my my pastor here, JP2 uh Catholic here. But I I love these socks. Yeah, so sock religious, they I mean they make really comfortable, really fun socks that you can wear to help express your faith. Like these ones are great for the season. You got the St. Yeah. Nicholas socks. Mm-hmm. Saint Nick. Um, they have the nativity socks. I remember when I was a kid, 
This is like one of the few times I see my dad wear like a tie and dress socks and stuff, mm -hmm. right, for Christmas. And they always have a, like a fun tie or whatever. So I think that's a it's a nice thing. But these make great stocking stuffers. So you they can really do. stuff a sock They're, with a sock. Yeah. Which is like a sock turducken. <laughs> sock turducken. See, what you take is a, a sock. And, and you, you put you it in a sock. Up. And then you put another sock inside of it. It's a farce. Um... But yeah, I mean, they make great gifts. They're great for baptisms. They're great for uh, confirmations or first communions. And they're great just for every Sunday to wear, you know, and remind you of what the liturgical uh, celebration for that week is. And they're really, I mean, they the the fabric is looks so comfortable, and and they mm. make it in the USA, made in Indiana by our guys over at Sock Religious from Catholic Concepts. Yep. Um, and they've done something really cool. So. They offer, they offer shirts and socks, a lot of stuff. So if you go to so catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, S-O-C-K-S, you can use the code TALK10 to save 10% off your entire order. So, you know, as we enter into Advent, and you're probably planning uh, to do a little bit of shopping here, yeah. go there and save 10% off your order. Support a great Catholic company mm -hmm. and get these really super cool designs. The one that I'm getting, I'm, if no one gets it for me, I'm buying it for myself. I'm going <laughs> to buy myself a Christmas present this year, is the... Um, the Swiss Guard socks. They're oh, super cool. cool. They're so cool. Right? I don't have those, and I literally have an entire drawer right. of these socks. I wear them every single day. <laughs> every and, day. Every, every day. day. And I'm, I'm wearing my Our Lady of Guadalupe, the colorful design socks um, today. And it, this always reminds me of, of Romans uh, in the New Testament, but also uh, in the Old Testament in Isaiah 52.7. Uh, but how delightful on the mountains are the feet of one who brings good news, who announces is peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. And that's, I, I love allowing my God to reign on my feet yes. because it, it just brings the, the sense of joy each day that I get to go out as a priest and proclaim the good news of salvation. I'll tell you this too. So I don't know what size, what size shoe do you wear? I'm like a 11-ish. So sometimes, sometimes I have to wear like a 14, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times socks don't fit. Mm -hmm. They also have extra large socks for people with big ass feet, right? And I could pull that off. If you've got you Flintstone feet problems, <laughs> just like Ryan Shield, BF feet. Go to sock religious extra large. Uh, so and they have options for kids too. They have little yeah, tiny, have tiny, junior, tiny yeah. socks. So like feet. Howard, Howard wears a size four shoe and they have socks for him, right? <laughs> I got a shirt that says don't be a loser on it. Tanisha gave yes. me yep, gave that's me from that. them too. They do really great stuff, yeah, got great, great company content. support. So again, if you want to save 10% on everything that they offer, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, and then use the code TALK10, T-A-L-K-10, you'll save 10% off your entire order. Now, we were talking about Advent calendars, and we were talking about Advent wreaths. I'm going to have to make a very painful admission here. And you guys know me. I am... 100% gung-ho team Catholic. I don't even try to hide my biases, <laughs> ever. They didn't start from the Catholic Church. It was the Lutherans. Really? I'm going to give it... The Lutherans know how to do Christmas well. Mm. They do. And I'm going to give the Lutherans their, their proper recognition here that the Advent calendar and the Advent wreath and a lot of our Christmas traditions oh, here true. in the United States yeah. come from the Lutherans. Mm -hmm. So there you go. You got it. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's hard coming from Shield. Right? That's I mean, got it. Had to be hard. I yeah, mean, that's why I mean, there was all the pauses. I think it's it's because you you you're so close to the Saint Valentine socks. I think it is. Like I think I think these these socks right have worn, warmed <laughs> the souls of my soul. <laughs> um, there's a, there's uh, two other things though I want to talk about. So mm -hmm. we did this whole episode about Advent, right? 
And a lot of people are saying, okay, I'm excited about Advent now, probably more than I have been in a long time, right? I've never thought about really what I could do spiritually at Advent besides, you know, do my Christmas shopping. Yeah. So our sponsor, Hollow, has a really awesome thing that they're doing this year. It's called Pray 25 Advent, right? So it's Advent Pray 25 with C.S. Lewis, okay? Oh, that's cool. So C.S. Lewis, you know, is they're going to use his writings and his teachings awesome. to guide you through Advent this year. Um, so it's going to be a really cool thing. And they've got some, um, each week they're going to have a different theme. So they're going to think like wonder. They're going to talk about the second coming. They're going to talk about uh, life in the kingdom, the incarnation. So each week, and they're going to be guided by someone different each week. Now, this is the first time we're allowed to talk about this. They're going to be guided by Jonathan Rumi, um, Sister Miriam, and uh, Liam Neeson. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they have Liam Neeson. He's going to do a guide you through C.S. Lewis. Give uh, me back my daughter. I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> and I know how to teach you how to celebrate Advent properly. <laughs> the way you, that we do. you will listen to me. You will find it. You'll yeah. find it. I will, I will hunt find you, you down. <laughs> and I will make you celebrate Advent. <laughs> well, no, see, but Liam Neeson uh, is a big fan of C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, he was he was uh, the, the lion in um, yep. Narnia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was... Um, Oh, no. Aslan. Yeah, he was Aslan. Aslan. Yeah. 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 So that's a really cool thing. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, you can try this app for free. Try it. Get the download. Um, and you can do this pray Advent um, challenge. Now, they got a lot of ton of other things. They got rosaries. They've got uh, – they're going to have uh, sacred music, so there'll be Christmas music on there. They have chants. They have a uh, Bible in the year. I mean, we're not that far from New Year, so if you want to start the Bible in the year with um, – Father Mike Schmitz, mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. Uh, they have sleep stories. So if you know you're having a hard time falling asleep because you're waiting for Santa to come, but he won't show up. If you're still awake, put on a sleep story, <laughs> you can go to sleep. The whole process can happen, right? That's great. So go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash hollow to try out that app. You know, talking about our partnerships and the swag that's out there, you know, from Sock Religious to Hallow and the amazing content that they put out, we we really can't go without recognizing our other partner from the very beginning with Exodus 90. And Exodus has some phenomenal ways to live out the Advent season this year. And Advent is literally just around the corner. So we want you to be more intentional, like we said. So the Advent read you know, the Advent calendar, all these different ways that you could observe this joyful expectation and the urgency of preparing. Exodus is going to have a new spiritual exercise to lead men through these very important weeks. The season of Advent from Exodus will be a time of preparation for men around the world to unite their hearts more deeply to the Lord in solidarity. And it's a time to be more intentional with daily prayer, especially the disciplines that Exodus rolls out in a powerful way. So as we look to Exodus's example of you know, asceticism of prayer and this warm up that they're going to put together for Advent is something that's going to be, uh, you know, really amazing. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a man out there and you really want to try to live Advent more deeply this year, and we really encourage you to, and Exodus has been so enriching in our spiritual lives, that's why mm-hmm. we recommend it. Go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Exodus, and you can try out their app too. And see if this these spiritual exercises really help to give you a new perspective on what Advent can be. You know, we've got Advent with um, Hollow, with Exodus 90, Sock Religious. It's an exciting time of year, and all of our partners are like, look, this is our most exciting time of the year. You know, they're all kind of in that state of 
becoming, right? They're all in that state of excitement. And I think uh, that's why we got so much great stuff going on with our sponsors, but also I think we can all feel it with Advent starting here in a couple days. Um, I'm excited too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, and also my, I think my all-time favorite church song, we get to hear it now, which is uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's yeah. my favorite That's my favorite church song. For, for me, it's like, O Come, Divine Messiah, the world in darkness waits the day. It's it's Bishop Lessard's God Rest His Soul, his, his favorite. When I was turned on to that in the seminary, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is a great Advent hymn. And there are so many oh, hymns. O Night Divine's Mine, in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's What's Christmas yours? Music. What's yours? Uh, that's Christmas yeah. music. <clears throat> we're talking about Advent. Advent Christmas. music? This Advent, is exactly the Advent? problem. This is exactly the problem. You know, we've got to be more intentional with the you season You can of anticipate Advent. the night that's divine, okay? You can anticipate that. Just after Gaudete Sunday, okay? <laughs> we just did a whole episode. Guys, we just did this whole episode, and now we had to do this. Okay. Well, this is truly a great and joyful way to end this episode, where we started with a somber approach to the ascetical life at Advent, to the joys of Christmas. We want to wish all of you guys a very precise way to approach Advent and a very joyful Christmas when it comes to wish everyone a precise. <laughs> I want to wish you a precise Christmas. <laughs> We're talking about Advent, Ryan. Precision. Advent. <laughs> We're falling apart here There's in no the Catholic Show. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, be precise. Okay? <laughs> That's what Jesus wants from you is precision. He, does. he wants you to observe the days. Observe right. precisely. Right. Precisely. All right, everyone, have a precise advent. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>